When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This break is brought to you by Adobe Photoshop. Here's a fun fact. Every day, millions of people around the world use Photoshop to create all kinds of cool stuff. Designs for t-shirts and posters, graphics to promote brands and businesses, images for social and websites. Anyone can do it. And to the guy who put a bulldog's head on a parakeet's body, you, sir, are a genius. Get started for free today. Click or tap the banner to head over to Photoshop.com. Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit-forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. So now third down and 21 for the Texans. It's Patriots defense looking for the get-off. Jalen Mills, Miles Bryant, two veterans back there at safety. We've seen a lot of Mills, of course, on the outside as a cornerback early in his Patriots here. tenure. And now Stroud hanging in, throws it to the near side, picked up. Okay. And on the return for the Pats, sidestepping ahead is Mills. He takes it back across the middle, trying to turn the corner on the far side. It's still on his feet take, until he takes the spill at the 24. And that's the big question. Who is going to replace Devin McCourty patrolling that back end of the defense, not giving up the big play? Stroud really forces this ball over the middle. To me, this looks like zone to me. So this is just a bad throw by Stroud right here in the middle of the field. And eventually you're going to see Mills break on this. All right, back here on the Shaw's and Star Market postgame show. It's Joe Murray and Leroy Irvin. That was Jalen Mills with an interception and that one. A nice little play for Jalen Mills, who I was a little surprised he was out there tonight. But they are trying to find that next safety for Devin McCourty. Uh, but a nice play by Jalen Mills. Uh, let's welcome in right now from the Bo- uh, Boston Sports Journal. He's the big boy. He's Greg Bedard. He was there tonight. Uh, Greg, uh, the first preseason game in the books, it wasn't pretty. Uh, did you have an overall takeaway from tonight's game? <laughs> Not pretty would be an understatement, I think. Um yeah, it wasn't entertaining until about the last five minutes from a Patriots perspective. Uh, I guess my takeaways would be, look, I thought the defense looked pretty good, especially the young guys. Keon White definitely popped out there for the defense. Um, I thought the defense was good overall, did a nice job, which they should have done against, uh, you know, I think the 
I think the Texans, talking to one of the writers, I think they started uh, you know, one guy, Kenyon Green, who should be a starter, and then Juice, Juice Scruggs, uh, who's a rookie who's battling for a starting spot. Other than that, it was backups, and you had a rookie quarterback out there. Um, so, you know, it wasn't a high level of competition, but I thought the defense did what they should have done, and I thought they did a really nice job uh, until the end of the first half. Um, it was good to see Christian Gonzalez out there. Um, even though he took a shoulder on the first play of the game, that was a nice little welcome to the NFL moment um, for him. But uh, so I thought the defense did well. And, you know, look, it's something we've talked about during the entire camp. The offensive line in its current state in terms of personnel is just a disaster. They, they can't block. There is zero depth on this team. It's either, you know, um, really green rookies who – you know, you could view as maybe reaches where the Patriots took them or it's, you know, aging veterans sort of on their last legs. And there's not really any in between. There's no sort of, um, you know, middle ground as far as the offensive line and their personnel. So, look, it's it's a tough spot that they're in. Uh, I put the offensive issues largely on that. And, you know, I'm not going to really indict anybody off of it because it was too hard to tell. Uh, speaking of the offensive line, like, do you have any idea of what the Pats might be thinking about concerning the offensive line on how to, you know, fix it and get things right? Yeah, Leroy, I think they just have to get healthy. They have to get, you know, Trent Brown with the program, whatever is going on with him. Um, I think it's a little bit contract, a little bit maybe, you know, minor injury type of thing, you know, uh, pacing himself. Um you know, Cole Strange is dealing with what looked like a knee injury um, at the time. I don't have any inside knowledge on this, but it looked like it could be the type of situation where, you know, it could be a while for him. Uh, but, you know, there was when he got hurt, there was plenty of time for whatever. Let's say just for the sake of argument that it was some sort of meniscus injury um, that they had to deal with. There, There was time to get him ready before the season opener. Uh, David Andrews is doing the veteran thing. Mike Wenu, um, you know, they need him back. And, you know, I'm sure they're hopeful they're taking the slow and diligent thing with him coming back from offseason surgery. But, you know, I my sense is around the team is that they're not overly worried about the offensive line. I know it looked bad tonight. Uh, it's probably not going to look much better against Green Bay. But you're hoping, you know, by the Texans joint practices, the Texans preseason game, that they're – you know, at least able to get their projected starters back, you know, because I do think if everybody's healthy and everybody's there, I think they have the makings of a pretty good line. Just sticking with the line, uh, and I wanted to talk about the running backs. I was very disappointed in them tonight. Uh, they had a chance to, you know, whether it was some check downs or some screens, they had a chance to make that extra move. They couldn't tonight. Pierre Strong uh, in particular is a guy I looked at, and then on that fourth and one stop, I know it's easy to say it's the offensive line, but this is probably why they're looking at veterans, right? Uh, like a Zeke Elliott or something, because they 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 still don't know what they have at the running back position, and that stood out to me, even even though the line was pretty bad tonight, Greg. Yeah, it's a good point, Joe. Um, you know, these preseason games are opportunities for these guys to, you know, you're you're finally talk tackling to the ground and all that stuff, and. You know, they're getting the opportunity to, you know, make a play. And that's what you got to do in the NFL. I mean, there are plenty of guys out there who can just catch the ball or take the handoff and get what's blocked. 
There are a lot of guys who can do that. Uh, the Patriots are looking for guys who can make a play and, you know, look special once in a while. And, and so far, those guys haven't done it. You know, I do put a large part of the blame on the offensive line for the running game. Um, you know, just for one example, in, in the pass game sort of thing, there was a, I think it was a third and two sort of swing pass to, I think it was Pierre Strong, and it went for like no gain. Now, that play, that's that's a Patriots special play. They've run it for years. It's a rub route, pick route type of thing where Kayshawn Booty is supposed to pick the linebacker who's in man coverage against Pierre Strong. And he's he's a rookie, probably hasn't run it a whole lot. He just didn't get to the right depth, didn't take the right angle. So the linebacker was, you know, able to get over there and make the play. But, you know, you're right. You know, Pierre Strong, second year, you're looking for him to take hold of that opportunity and, you know, make a play, spin move, shake a guy, break a tackle, something like that. That's what the Patriots are looking for. And if, you know, if Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong, you know, don't start showing better, uh, especially with these joint practices coming up, they are going to bring other guys again because uh, they don't have any more time to wait for these guys to develop. All right, if you want to talk to the big boy, Greg Bedard, the phone number here is 617-779-0985. Is there a new quarterback competition, Greg? Uh, Leroy <laughs> came in hot, and, uh, of course, Bailey Zappi uh, started, played a whole half, and went into the uh, third. We'll, uh, we'll talk about this on the other side. Uh, this is the Shaw's and Star Market postgame show. We'll talk more with Greg Bedard. Coming up next uh, on the Safety Insurance 98.5 The Sports on Patriots Radio Network. Now he stands into fire down the near side for Tharkin. Leaps and pulls it down. Beautiful throw by Zappi. And a terrific catch by Thornton for 27. Oh, this is a pretty throw by Zappi off the back foot. He spins this one. It's 101 on the outside. It's a little shake route. You're going to see Bailey. He feels the pressure coming up the middle. He knows he's got to get rid of this. You see the safety come off the edge. This is what Thornton has to do. He has to go up and elevate like this. He did it a couple times last year. All right, this, this is the Shaw's and Star Market postgame show. Joe Murray, Leroy Irvin, and we are joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. And that might have been one of the biggest plays of the night there. Bailey Zappi to Tyquan Thornton. Uh, Greg, what did you see on that play? It might have been a little overthrown, but I don't. I think it. W- I don't think it would have been intercepted. And Thornton made a big play, and it was probably the biggest play of the half. But um, your thoughts on Bailey Zappi and his performance tonight? Yeah, I thought that throw in particular. Um, you know, he's trying to throw a hole there to a hole there against um, cover two, and you know, like you said, you you ideally at the basis you want to keep it away from you know, being intercepted because those throws can be uh, underthrown and you guys got guys got uh, coming from underneath over the top. Um, so he did a good job getting the ball there. I mean, was it an ideal throw? You know, no, um, but it got the job done. And I thought Taekwon did a really nice job going up and getting the ball and, and hanging on to it. And it was good to see him make a big play. And considering the camp that he's had to date, um, that was the sort of play that he needed. Now you want to see him this week in practice and enjoying practices with the Packers. You want to see him build on that. Um, you know, Zappy overall, I mean, you know, look, he, he didn't have a whole lot of time. Um, you know, some of it was his own doing at times, you know, we'll have to go back and watch the film and evaluate that. Um, 
you know, there was one time where I think he threw a ball away to the left, but I did think he had, you know, one-on-one coverage to the right. And I did think some of his reads uh, were a little bit iffy, but, you know, look, this is first game action for a lot of people. And so that's bound to happen. Um, Zappi's night tonight did not enhance him or decrease him in, in, you know, my view. Um, you know, I, I do think there were some operational issues. Like there was a sack where, the Texans showed five on the line. The middle linebacker dropped out for a second, and then he came up. Like, you know, that guy should be accounted for. Was the mic identification correct there? It makes me wonder. Um, you know, so, look, a lot of it was the offensive line. And, um, you know, I don't think any less of Bailey Zappi from tonight. I don't think he had much of a chance. And, you know, it would just be nice to see all these guys have a chance. Yeah, to be critical, I, I do think that the defense forced two turnovers and they can only produce three points. If you want to be negative about it, that is that that happened tonight. Just when when you see twelve of fourteen for seventy nine yards, like he did have to throw two balls away, and I agree with you. I thought he had some guys open. He just kind of didn't have the time and tried to to bail out. But he was, I, I guess, at least consistent and effective on twelve of fourteen passing. I just he needed a little bit of help tonight. Um, so again, I don't think there's anything to see here with Zappy's performance. I just didn't think it was bad, and I agree with you uh, overall. He was fine, but I, I'm interested to see what your tape says because, you know, he checked down a couple of times. He tried to do the screen. I just don't think the guys could produce, and the line kind of broke down a little bit. But some good, some bad, nothing to take away with it. I agree, Greg. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, a lot of what we saw from Bailey and, you know, by extension, Mac Jones from training camp is, you know, sort of the the word I've used to describe their offenses. It's been efficient. I mean, you know, occasionally you get to play like Tyquan Thornton, you know, once a practice or one every two practices. But a bulk of the stuff is, you know, check down real quick. And this goes for Mac Jones as well. Check down real quick to the back and the flat. And, you know, uh, Kevin Harris and, and Pierre Strong aren't and J.J. Taylor aren't, you know, Ramondre Stevenson receiving the ball out of the backfield. And so, you know, it's 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 a little limiting for the quarterback. And so. You know, look, it was uh, it was the first time out. The offense in general stunk up the place, um, you know, and, and I don't think it was anything like Bailey Zappi holding the team back. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, I'll be interested to see the film to see if he had a few more chances down the field to make a, a few plays. But, you know, Bailey normally reads the plays um, correctly. I did think, you know, he had some issues with that tonight. But, again, first time out for everybody. Mm. Uh, Malik Cunningham has a lot of people excited. Did he – uh, help his chances or, or or at being considered as a backup quarterback for the Pats? Uh, Leroy, uh, <laughs> I would tend to doubt it, uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens this week. I mean, you know, look, let's, let's be honest. I mean, he's going against the dregs of a roster, which was already one of the worst rosters in the league. I mean, Chase Winovich <laughs> was out yeah, there. At, I know. Uh, Chase Winovich had a sack. You saw Derek Rivers out there. It was like a Patriots edge, edge rusher draft pick graveyard out there for the Houston Texans. Um, you know, and look, the, the kid made things happen. He, you know, it, he, he has special athletic abilities. There is little doubt about that. That's part of the reason why he's here. Um, I, I love twitchy guys. Give me more twitchy guys on this offense. Demario Douglas, Malik Cunningham. You know, it, wherever you can find twitchy guys, this offense needs them because they don't have enough twitchy guys that can, you know, shift and make guys move and 
And, you know, poor Jake Hansen, the Texans linebacker on that touchdown run by Malik Cunningham. That film review is going to be brutal for him uh, tomorrow. But, um, you know, look, he, he made a nice toss to Trey Nixon, who dropped the touchdown pass. Yep. Uh, again, with a lot of this stuff, and even like, you know, talking about a Keon White, who, you know, I just went through all his plays in the game just on the TV copy. I don't have the coach's copy yet. Mm. But, you know, some of the plays were, you know, really nice. Some of them were unblocked. Some of them are against, you know, second and third team offensive tackles. So it's not – you can't just say, oh, because he did this in a game, he's going to do this in the regular season. You know, so I think circumstances uh, are important and context is important in these circumstances. So – but as far as Malik and the Patriots, do do I think this changes their thinking at all? Because, look, they evaluated him. They brought him in here from day one. They told him he's a wide receiver. I mean, that's that's basically what they told him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it changes things. I think at the, you know, looking forward to final cutdowns and things like that, you know, is he going to show enough to the rest of the league that somebody else is going to claim him and put him on their 53-man roster at quarterback or wide receiver? No, I doubt that. Um, so I probably at this point in time, the Patriots probably still feel good about him getting back to the practice squad and, and elevating him, but you know, you never know. There's still, you know, like three weeks to go with this thing. So we'll see what happens. Hmm. I'm curious. Um, so watching a, a preseason game and I, and, and I respect that, you know, you watch a lot of tape and all that. Have you ever seen, well, what players have you seen who, um, during a preseason game, People just say they kind of discount as preseason, but they popped on, on tape. What kind of uh, – I guess I'm asking, Cunningham, uh, uh, Keon, do they mm-hmm. – I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this. I'm trying to figure this out. Even though it's preseason, can you see that they have something that's um, – <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I would say more with Keon White because he's going up against at least more, of you know, second teamers. And, uh-huh. you know, you're looking for, you know, sort of subtle things. Um, you know, how they convert speed to power when you're talking about a guy like Keon White. Something that I was impressed with just watching back on his his plays right now, the different positions that he played. Like, he, he lined up everywhere from three technique inside – uh, to right end, to two-point stance at outside linebacker. Like, you know, just for him to be able to do that in his first preseason game as a rookie, that's impressive. Just like Marte Mapu lining up all over the place in even before we got to training camp at, you know, on the on the end of the line, at linebacker, at safety. For a rookie in this system to be able to do that, nobody does that. So that that's already impressive. But certainly Keon White, you look at – you know, some of his explosiveness, his strength, certainly his pursuit. Um, I, I think that he didn't – he was unblocked more than a few times in this game. But for him, a lot of young guys would just get sucked into the play. There are plenty of dumb edge players who have played here for years, including Chase Winovich, who would have gotten, like, sucked inside and they wouldn't have been there to make a play. But Keon White stayed home, read his keys, and was able to make pressure – uh, on the quarterback a few times, had a great quarterback hit against C.J. Stroud. So, you know, those are the type of things. You're looking for, for traits that stand out that, yes. that do convert to to the National Football League. It's just, you know, with quarterbacks, I mean, what, what Malik Cunningham did tonight is a dime a dozen. This happens across the league all over the place, including here, Michael Bishop, other guys. So 
that's a little bit harder and you need with those guys you need to see a little bit more bigger sample size oh man uh tyquan thornton a lot of talk was that he wasn't getting separation during training camp and things of that nature besides the two catches tonight um the other times he was on the field did you see him getting separation or uh, how do you look so I was not watching that. I was mostly watching uh, the line, you know, through my binoculars. Um, you know, I will have a better beat on that at some point tomorrow when I watch the coach's film. And, um, you know, my my criticism of Taekwon really isn't the separation, even though he needs to work on that. You know, a lot of Baylor receivers need to work on that. Cause, and, and college receivers in general, unless you're Justin Jefferson or, you know, somebody like that, you know, who are just special – um, the pro game is completely different. I mean, the, the college game is just so so much space. That there's so much speed on the field that, you know, there's so much zone defense that, you know, you're just – the schemes are just finding holes and you're catching and you're running. That doesn't happen in, in the pros. So, you know, my criticism of Taekwon is just he can't stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't miss as much practice time as he did as a rookie and then come out here and miss a bunch of time. So he's gotten back on the field. He – his speed absolutely is evident when he's out there on the practice field or on this field where you're like, all right, they don't have a guy like him. So they need a guy like him. And and I'm still, you know, hopeful that he is going to stack days that he's just available and making progress. I think we've seen a little bit, a bit of that this week. Let's see him do it for another week and then another week. And then, then, you know, we might have something to talk about with Taekwon. All right. We'll talk about Greg Bedard from the Boston sports journal. Uh, I do want to get his opinion on CJ Stroud tonight. And uh, I know you're familiar with Green Bay. That's who they'll uh, they'll play next with some joint practices. So uh, we'll take a look again, take a look ahead to that uh, as well. We'll take a quick break here. We'll get caught up on all the headlines. You are listening to the Safety Insurance 98.5 The Sports of Patriots Radio Network. All right, back here on the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show. It's Joe Murray, Leroy Irvin, and we are joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, Greg, C.J. Stroud, a lot of hype, uh, another Ohio State quarterback. Um, the, it, it was a bad performance from him. I don't know how else, to, how else to put it. At times, he lost his footing. He looked nervous. The throw and the interception was absolutely terrible, but... I mean, this uh, high high draft pick who was, you know, at one point considered potentially the number one overall pick. I, is it was it the Houston system? What was it tonight that you saw? Because he he was a lot better in college than anything we saw tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's pretty bad. I mean, you know, his line also isn't very good, but yeah, he definitely looked. I think the thing that stood out was you know he was jittery and indecisive and. Uh, you know, it was what it was his first NFL game. Um, but you know, watching him tonight, you do you know remember some of the criticisms of him coming out, and you know, a lot of people thinking that he was a product of the you know Ohio State system and and not much of a natural um, passer and doesn't really read defenses that well. So uh, definitely a work in progress um, for him and the Texans offense. Do you think the quarterback play overall tonight was bad? I know we saw some veterans late from the Texan side, but is there really anything to take away tonight from both teams passing games? Mm. Cause it, it, it seems like at camp, I know they're working on things. Maybe they didn't put any, you know, it was just vanilla out there tonight, but I, I really wasn't impressed on any side besides what Malik Cunningham really did at the end of the game. Yeah, no, it was, it was all hard, hot garbage. I, I can't <laughs> believe NFL owners put this stuff out there. Mm. I mean, it was just, 
it was atrocious all the way around. I mean, other than, you know, Malik doing Malik things at the end and, you know, what the Patriots uh, sort of young defenders did and, you know, Keon White and, you know, Jalen Mills being out there, um, not a whole lot to take away from this game, which is what I feared coming in. I was hoping I might be surprised a little bit. I, you know, I was a little bit surprised that, you know, Zappy didn't make a little bit more happen because I do think he's, he's, you know, pretty good when the plays break down and things like that. But, uh, you know, I just think it's, you know, maybe if he had the starting weapons out there, he could have done, you know, a little bit better. But, you know, it was just, yeah, it was not a good product. I mean, this I feel bad for the people that came and watched this game. Greg, can you tell us a little more about these defensive backs that are battling for a job? We saw Rodney Randall out there tonight. Bolden's Oof, another. He was bad. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what what do you think about some of these guys that they had in here that are competing for a spot? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, Randall is he he did not look good tonight. He looked really slow. It looked like Tank Dell, who was a guy I liked in the draft. Um, you know, I, it was good. To, you you've heard a lot out of Texans camp about him doing a really nice job in the game. So it was nice to see you know him out there doing a good job um, throughout this game. Um, you know, as far as their secondary goes, um, you know, you're looking at, you know, Jonathan Jones, um, Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers, uh, you know, Jack Jones, they're going to be there. I, I don't think it's a good sign that, you know, Sean Wade was out there deep into this game, even though he was playing a lot of safety and he's been doing some of that this week. Uh, that's, you know, never a good sign. There are a few guys on defense who were out there a little bit later than you might like, um, you know, but I, I think as far as the the guys further down the depth chart, I, I think a guy like Isaiah Bolden, uh, who I think was their final pick in the draft, he's certainly flashed at times in the offseason. I think he has the best chance uh, to stick around uh, out of some of those guys. Um, Randall will not. Quandre Mosley, don't see it. Uh, Sean Wade's going to have a tough time making this roster this year. I don't care what position he's playing. Um, Amir Speed is, you know, he was wearing number 28, really tall, physically looks really good, more of a special teamer. Um, you know, he certainly played cornerback in training camp practices, but he hasn't popped as much as Isaiah Bolden has. So um, there's a lot to sort out there um, in the secondary, but I don't think there are too many spots up for grabs. I mean, I unless they move one of the safeties, maybe to the Bengals for Jonah Williams, hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I there there don't there, I just don't see a whole lot of empty spots there in the secondary. Like Bolden's definitely pushing for one, and then you got to play the numbers game. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, I'm just interested in uh, how you thought he performed tonight. A lot of hype behind him. A lot of positive things have been said. What did you see tonight? Yeah, a lot of a lot of zone coverage when he when it looked like he was going to be in man, the ball went the other way. Uh, but look, you know the you know I I like to describe him as a He's a pretty player. He is like, you know, he, he looks the part. He's got all the physical skills that if you draw it up for a number one cornerback, um, you know, the, the question is, is he a, a show pony or is he, uh, or is he a real player? And we won't know that till the lights come on. I mean, that's talking to people around the league about him, you know, around draft time. That's, that's the question that they, a lot of them have. And look, sometimes the Patriots are, are right going against. The conventional wisdom of the rest of the league on these guys, sometimes they're wrong. Um, but, you know, to me, he looks like a player. How good? Time will tell. 
Uh, your colleague, Mike Giardi, was big on the punter and the kicker. Uh, Bryce Barringer mm-hmm. and Chad Ryland. Again, when I was there, Ch- Chad Ryland, he's got a leg, man. Um, <laughs> yep. Barringer, though, I thought he might have... He ended up getting a nice little spot for it. But uh, just what did you think of those two guys in their first appearance uh, in a preseason game? So did Ryland kick? I wasn't paying that close well, I attention. Was, I think it was just kickoffs. Um, and one, okay. of, one of them... I think one bounced into the end zone and then the other was returned. Um, so I'm wondering okay. if that's something they're they're teaching because that's a guy that can just I'm pick sure, it out of bounds sure. every single time. Yeah, you know Bill's always dinking around with that stuff, <laughs> looking for, you know, trying to split the atoms for three yards on special teams um, like it's, you know, 2001 around here. But, um, you know, look, to be honest, because I've been – Hugely impressed with Behringer in the practices. And I'm out there with my stopwatch and all that stuff. And um, certainly from what I've seen in practice, you know, and he's out there with with Corliss Waitman. um, And, you know, when they're punting the length of the field, Behringer is far and away better. When they went to more coffin corner stuff, Waitman was actually better than Behringer. So Behringer has something to work on there. If I'm being honest tonight, I thought Behringer kind of stunk tonight. Um, and I was surprised. He had a shank off the off his right the his foot on the outside of his right foot. Yep. I had it for three point nine hang time. It rolled. Uh, that's the one that you referenced. Um, he had another where he booted it sixty yards, but it was low and it outkicked the coverage, which I'm sure Bill isn't going to like. And it didn't sound like he was too thrilled with the kicking game from his uh, brief comments about it after the game. And then Behringer had another one where, look, the ball hit at the five-yard line, and it went in for a touchback, but, you know, you really don't want a touchback there. So that's not any good either. looks like he's working on, you know, I told you he's kind of weak on the coffin corner stuff. You know, putting the nose down and punting that sort of rugby style, is it, it looks like he's developing that. And it looks like he has a ways to go. And because the ball like hit at the five, it just caromed into the end zone. And that kind of stuff is going to drive Joe Judge and Bill Belichick crazy. But uh, look, he's young. He's got a leg. I think he's uber talented. And sometimes you just got to deal with, you know, the up and downs um, from a rookie. And, you know, Jake Bailey was great his rookie year, but I don't think it was overnight. So we'll see with Berenger. And Nick Folk, I, I was, I, don't, I shouldn't say I was surprised to see him get. Uh, a field goal tonight, but um, we know what they've done in the past, right? He makes it to the practice squad. They, they elevate him beforehand. You think this Ryland kid's going to stick around and potentially be the, the kickoff specialist for this team? Well, I think if I had to guess right now, if I did my 53-man roster right now, it would be Ryland would be the kicker on this team. I would probably try to stash Nick Folk on the practice squad and just see what happens. But the Patriots are going to run into issues because the kicking around the league is bad. I mean, you probably know it better than anybody from, you know, watching these games on Sunday and, and how these games come down to kicks. I mean, just off the cuff, like, cause I don't really look up much during training camp to see what other people are doing, but I know isn't Dallas like a complete disaster mm-hmm. um, with kickers in camp. That's something that I saw. So, you know, you cut and let Nick Folk go. And I think he used to be in Dallas at one point, like, you know, does he get snatched up? Um, but if I had to say right now, I think you just go with Rylan and just deal with it. He's got a leg. He's been good in camp. Um, he's going to get a few more tryouts here with joint practices in the preseason game. And I think, uh, you know, sort of giving Nick Folk a last hurrah. Um, maybe they go give him this game. They give 
Ryland the next game and maybe split the third game. That's sometimes how they do it. So uh, we'll have to see what happens. All right, we got one more segment here with Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal, and I want to ask Greg if he had a chance to watch Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, uh, the supposed. <laughs> Uh, I did relationship. We'll get into that. I did stay, stay tuned. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm interested to know. I saved that one uh, for last. So we'll continue this here on the other side. It's Leroy Irvin, Joe Murray, and Greg Bernard of the Boston sports journal right here on the safety insurance. 98, five, the sports on Patriots radio network. All right, back here on the Shaw's and Star Market postgame show. It's Joe Murray, Leroy Irvin, and we're joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, there have been reports about the relationship between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. I will say this. Um, he, a- after the game tonight, Bailey Zappi, Greg, was asked about um, his relationship with Mac Jones and the quarterbacks. Yes, he was. And his quote essentially was, he likes the quarterback room overall, we all want to win. That's the main objective to everybody on this team. We want to do what's best for the team, blah, 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 blah. So he was asked about Mac Jones and just didn't say anything. So uh, I know you were on with uh, Felger Maz the other day, and you, you, you know, you, you, you're not speculating. You're just saying you don't see them together. So were you watching tonight, and what did you see out there between the two of them? <clears throat> so I did watch them, and obviously I can't watch them every second of the game because – there's a game going on. But from what I observed, the many times I looked over to the sideline to find Mac Jones, especially after Bailey Zappi series, they have no relationship on the sideline. Wow. Like zero. Like I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I, the only thing it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, and I was talking about this on TV and I, I've been covering NFL teams for 20 years. I, I there's there's probably 12 different quarterback dynamics that I've covered in that time, and I would say it's most similar to Jay Fiedler and A.J. Feely uh, with the Dolphins back in the day when A.J. Feely, they traded for, for A.J. Feely from the Eagles' second-round pick. They gave up for him, and basically they were looking for – Dave Wonstadt was looking for anybody to start other than Jay Fiedler, and um, <clears throat> that was cold. This is th- – those guys, I'm telling you, they don't even look at each other on the sideline. It's comical how much they go. It seems like they go out of their way not to communicate. I've, I saw both of them communicate with Trace Sorley during the game. You know, there would be times where Mac Jones was sitting. He sits in his a lot of the time he sits in his normal QB one spot on the bench. There would be a spot open next to him. Bailey Zappi would never sit down right next to him. The only time you saw them seated somewhat close to each other is when Trace McSorley was in between them. And, you know, there were times they're they walking by in close proximity. No slap on the butt, no dap, no there, – there's none of that stuff. It's it's actually hilarious to watch. And, and look, I'm not going to – I don't think anybody hates each other or anything like that. I don't really care what their relationship is. It doesn't make any sort of difference on the field for the Patriots. Uh, I – it, again, my guess is that this is part and parcel for Mac Jones's stated sort of mantra for the season, which is he's running his own race and he hopes everybody falls behind. Mm. He doesn't care what anybody else is doing at quarterback. He's only worried about himself and what he has to do. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry if, if this 
a line of conversation makes people uncomfortable or think that I'm overstepping my bounds. I'm just telling you what I've seen. And based on my 20 year career of covering the NFL, it's unusual. It is not normal. The relationship that they have outwardly, I can't see what they do behind closed doors. I don't know what they do behind closed doors. I'm sure they're cordial and they get along and there's this and that. But as far as sideline, what goes on the sideline, I've never seen anything like this. It's, it's, it's really. It's it's pretty funny. So this is what I mean by quarterback competition. Like I think I think we all know who the week one starter is. It's Mac Jones. But yeah. is is this is this what it is? Is this the competition? The two of them trying to just you know Mac winning the job and everybody getting behind it and you know is that the competition there? Just the fact that these two don't even root for each other and their teammates. And I I know that Zappy said it. Like they all want to win. I'm glad that they're both competitive, but I just, how did things work out with, with Feely and, and Fiedler? Like, did, did, not was, well. That's so. That's where I'm going with it. I do think there's a competition. It might not necessarily be about who the starting quarterback is, but those two guys are competing against each other, no doubt. Well, I mean, look, it all depends on what you're. You know, this this whole conversation between you and I, it, it really boils down <laughs> to like what your what your definition of competition is, like. I mean, I am a believer, like when Bill says, like, everybody's competing against each other, or Bailey Zappi says, or, you know, when you asked him, like, do you feel you're, like, in competition? He says, yes, sir. Like, I believe that. I mean, these are professional athletes. Like, they are competing because, trust me, if you're not on top of your game, somebody else is going to take your job. Even Tom Brady knew that. Um and so, you know, he was competitive about it. he didn't want to give up practice reps. He didn't want to come out of games, you know, for the, for that reason. And so, like, you know, do I, in my definition, is there a quarterback competition? No. You know, but are they, are they competing in a sense, like, you know, uh, that uh, Mac Jones is trying to keep hold of his job? Hell yes. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's Bailey Zappi or Trace McSorley or Malik Cunningham. You know, that's not going to change, but there's definitely, there's definitely a competition, you know, amongst each other. And I think that goes on at just about every position, unless you're a, a, a wholly entrenched NFL starter, which, you know, those are few and far between on this team. Uh, real quick, moving on to next week, the Pats, uh, they're going to have joint practice with the Packers. Do you think the Pats defense will be tested by Jordan Love and the offense over there? Good question, Leroy. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's been going on there other than I, I did see some signs that there was, they just had a practice with who they, the Bengals yeah. that I heard was pretty contentious. Um, especially with, I don't know, there's something between DJ Reader and Elgin Taylor, I think, one of their, uh, one of their offensive linemen on the Packers. Um, you know, do I think they're going to get tested? Yeah, I mean, look, the Packers have some talented people. They, you know, they have a pretty good offensive line with their health when they're healthy. Is David Bakhtiari going to be out there and taking part? I don't know. You know, he's in and out of the lineup all the time. But they have the makings of a decent offensive line. They have a young uh, sort of group as far as you know receivers and tight ends. And of course, the quarterback is getting tested for the first time. I mean, you know, look, I was there. I covered Aaron Rodgers succeeding Brett Favre. Um, that did not go well. It didn't go well for a very long time. I mean, he started ten and ten and fourteen as a starter, and uh, then won a Super Bowl the following year. So, uh, you know, look, I, do I think this is up, going up against the Bengals or even the Raiders and Josh McDaniels? No, but it'll be a good test for them. Have you had a chance to watch uh, Hard Knocks yet? Yes. 
I did. What'd you th- What'd you think about Aaron Rodgers? Did you th- is that an act? I mean, you you know the guy. Is is that how mm-hmm. is that how he is, or is this a new Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I think that's largely who he is. Um, you know, he, he's you know he knows he's the guy there. So you know, it, it's it's a much different dynamic than you know say here. I mean, I you know you want to look at a quarterback backup relationship that's healthy and productive for everybody. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers and, and you know, Zach Wilson, uh, which they showed a lot of that, including on the sidelines. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that I, I, I want to say that Aaron came off well in that. I thought he came off better than I thought he was going to do. But, you know, he does know the light. Trust me, that guy always knows when the camera's on. And so is some of it a little bit of an act? Yeah, but, I mean, at his heart, he's a good guy, and I do think he's been – from knowing him the way I have over the years, I do think he's been a little bit freed up from being out of Green Bay, that different kind of spotlight. And I think, you know, I think he's just one of these guys, a lot like Favre was. He just wanted somebody to tell him how great he was and you're the savior and all that. He loves to hear that stuff, and he hears that every day in New York. All right, he's Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, I know you'll have your ups and downs. I uh, know you'll be on with Felger and Maz next week. When you watch the tape, though, re- I-, I actually really am interested did anyone play well tonight on the line? Like, I, I re- I'm curious. I know you're going to look at it. You'll look at the tape. But, man, I don't know if they just said, hey, guys, go out there. <laughs> go out there and put your hand down. But, man, it was bad tonight. So I really am interested to hear a little bit more about uh, that tape. You know me, Joe. Come um, probably Friday night or Saturday at the latest, you know, I will have my charts up, the pressures, run stuffs, plus minuses, all that stuff. So uh, I will be able to answer for you. In short, in short order. All right, it's Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. Sure, we'll check him out later on next week on Felger and Maz. Greg, appreciate your time yes, tonight. Thank you, Have a great time down in uh, Green Bay, and we'll catch up next week in postgame. Sounds good. Thanks, fellas. All you right. got it. That's Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. Check out all his work over there, him and Mike Giardi. Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside. Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325.